0: Once upon a time, in a faraway land, I woke up and realized, I am going to be a dentist. (laughs) Said like no one ever. These are the real stories, not fairy tales, as we go behind the smiles. This is a podcast where we interview and chat with some of the biggest leaders in dentistry, learn their stories, and share their motivation with your host, Dr. Gina Dorfman. Today's episode is brought to you by Yappy. An automated paperless software for dentists and their teams. Learn more at yapyap.com. Well,
1: hello, and welcome back to another episode of Behind the Smiles. I'm here with Nicole Campion, the president of Zerk. Hi, Nicole. How are you?
0: I'm good, thanks. And you?
1: I'm doing well. Thank you for coming to the show. Uh, Please tell me a little bit about your company.
0: Sure. So um, Zerk is a family-owned business that my father started over 50 years ago. Um, We started off making zirconium silicate uh, abrasive strips or 3M. So that's where, where our name comes from. It's a little bit of an unusual name. We get asked that quite often. So um, over the years, we have you know, had a lot of different product lines. We had dental equipment for a period of time. Um, but back in the late 60s, we introduced our color code line, which we still have today. Of course, it's changed. And Um, we've added quite a bit to it, but the color code line of products was designed to, uh, manage instruments and materials in the dental practice. So we, um, have that amongst other things, which I'm sure we can talk about later, but, uh, The big thing is, is that we actually make all the products ourselves. So it's something that we're really proud of. Um, It's all plastic injection molding. Oftentimes that is sourced out overseas. And we have kept that uh, right on site. We're located in uh, suburbs of Minneapolis. So we have our engineering on site. So we do all of our own product design and then manufacturing, obviously warehousing, and we sell worldwide.
1: That's incredible. Uh, Okay, first of all, I have to tell you (laughs) that I am a a very organized person. I like everything color coded. I like everything labeled. And, uh, you, you know, your product really speaks to me because it helps to keep dentists organized. So tell me a little bit about your color coded line.
0: Yeah. So um, there's kind of two parts to it. So of course, one is managing materials. So in dental practices, of course, you're dealing with so many different dental materials. Um, and there's a couple of things. One is making sure that you have the dental materials that you need at chair sides, so that the assistant isn't having to get up from from the chair. So that's, that's one thing. But then also Stocking this inventory and taking inventory gets to be a challenge. So, um, we have a product line with our tub management system, procedure tubs, and organizers that we sell that helps uh, control all that chaos. Um, But then, we do a lot of education actually of what should be stored where. There's a lot of confusion. In practices, you know, years ago, everything was just kept in the treatment room. Instrumentation was kept in there, your burrs, uh, materials, and and rooms were actually color-coded by room, where now it's really color-coding is used by procedure, not room. And uh, we've been trying to go uh, more towards the central storage avenue. Um, So part of our line does... The material management, the other part, of course, is instrument management, utilizing instrument cassettes. Um, We have procedure trays with locking covers. That's something unique uh, that our company has. So it's great for transporting instruments, both when you're setting up the treatment room and then afterwards, when you're transporting contaminated sharps from treatment room to sterilization, everything can be locked and contained. And then, of course, we have the burr holders and endo holders as well.
1: I love this. When I first started my practice, this was um, gosh, seventeen years ago. Um, you know, when I was associating, the offices where I was associating had everything in the rooms. And you were you're absolutely correct. Everything was about the room. You had the oral surgery room. You had the yeah. you know the, the the crown room. You had the removable room. And um, I remember talking to uh, at that time, my, um, Henry Schein rep and, uh, and he said, no, 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 this is not how we do things nowadays. (laughs) And, and yeah, and we built the, the central sterile and that was the hub where everything originated. And then every room was set up the same. I can do any procedure in any room. And that really, um, facilitates, um, efficiency. Um, So let me ask you a question. If I wanted to learn a little bit more about, you know, keeping myself organized with your products, uh, where can I get the information?
0: Yeah. So we actually have a great resource that's available to practices that um, is complimentary. There's no, there's no fee for it. And it's called ZOBE. ZOBE? ZOBE. ZOBE. And that stands for Zerk's Organizational Box of Efficiency. Um, and I, I put it. it on the website at zerk.com slash But basically what this is, is a demo kit that we put together. It comes with uh, one of each of our color-coded items. We ship this box out to the practice. The practice gets to keep it for two weeks so that the team can meet, can look at each product, see what's fitting into cabinetry, what size cassettes that they would need. But the big part is, is that we do um, consulting with that. We just do that by phone. Uh, so either the lead assistant or the doctor usually is who we work with, and we go through how the practice is currently running, the size of the practice, what procedures are being performed, and then the volume of those procedures. And then we can actually create a custom plan for that practice um, of what they need for trays, tubs, cassettes, what color everything's going to be assigned, um, and then we educate on how to manage those materials and what we're recommending to be stored in the treatment room and what should be in central sterilization and what should be in tubs. Um, So we do that all free of charge. It's a great service to take advantage of where you know, the practice gets to touch and feel the products firsthand before buying them, but then actually knowing what is it that they need. And then when they get it, how do they set it up?
1: When you, when you started talking, you said that you are um, the president of the company that your father started. Um, I work with my father. We, we're we both partners in um, the, our Yappy software company, right? Yeah. Um, so I'm just curious, your perspective, what is it like to work with with your dad?
0: Yeah, you know, I've been working with him for 19 years. So he, he is pretty much retired now, um, probably the last eight years. So he's involved to an extent, but he does, being that we're in Minnesota, he goes to Arizona where it's warmer for six months of the year and then comes back in the summers. But... Um, You know, of course, you know, when I came into the business 19 years ago, um, he was, you know, running the company at that time. And I learned a lot from him um, from all different standpoints. Obviously, I would say first and foremost, just really our customer service standpoint and what we need to do to really make sure you know, the customer and the patient, you know, we're starting there first, and basing all of our decisions around that. So that was just a fundamental thing. Um, And then, of course, that just branches out from there, right? I mean, our sales, our employees. um, But from a product development standpoint, and um, innovation, but you know, it was great, you know, him and I traveled together quite a bit. um, So I got to see, you know different parts of the world and attend conferences. And so it was really nice to be able to have that mentor and somebody that's willing to take you in and work with you and teach you step by step. And now here we are (laughs) years later. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I you know I can completely relate because when we first started the company I remember just you know traveling we, it, it doesn't happen anymore sometimes I travel but with my but by by myself sometimes I travel with other uh team members but Uh, the first uh, trade shows I attended with my dad and it was, you know, I remember like going to New Orleans and, and uh, you know, it was uh, during Mardi Gras uh, being there with my dad. It was just, it was just a fun, adventurous time. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm grateful that I had that experience with him. You know, I, I have to ask you some difficult questions because you are a, female leader. I talk to so many female dentists who say that their employees uh, might not be treating them the same as they would a male boss. Maybe don't, don't give them the same respect. Maybe um, don't um, recognize their authority. Uh, what do you say about that? Do you feel that or do you think that the, these women are mistaken?
0: Yeah, so I guess there's two sides. So there's uh, what happens here internally in our business and uh, the transition from my father to me. Um, you know, I would say when it comes to that, most definitely there have been times where I know I've encountered some uh, circumstances where things that were said or done would not have happened um, if they were speaking with my father. Um, so, you know, that posed some challenges to an extent. Um, In the industry, um, I haven't encountered too much. I mean, of course, there's still, there's a lot more women today in the industry than there was years ago, both on the uh, clinical side and the business side of the industry, but that's still quite male dominated. Um, And so, you know, there was times where I would say that, you know, I wasn't necessarily treated differently, but, um, you know, it's a little bit more intimidating, you know, going To a meeting where it's mostly men in suits, um, and maybe one or two other women. Absolutely, yeah, Yeah, I'm sure you've seen the same thing with practicing and school, and just over the years.
1: I have, I have, and you know, I I think part of it is just my personality. I just, I'm, 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 I'm I'm always the loudest person in the room. So, (laughs) suit or not. (laughs) <laughs> um, how do you navigate this? How, you know, how do you overcome those challenges?
0: You know, I think that it's just, um, you know, it's communication, you know, with our right. with our team here. Um, you know, I don't, I think a big thing is, is not taking it personally. I think it's really easy for, and I've seen it happen. Uh, we've had, um, you know, other women, you know, management within the company where I've seen them get defensive or try to, you know, push their authority more. And really that just, that gets you the opposite of really what you're looking to do. Um, And so it's really talking. And when you have somebody that's maybe not speaking as respectfully or maybe not following through, it's just sitting down and talking and, you know, we're all people. You know, my job, a lot of it, it's, you know, it's me explaining, you know, my obligations to the business. It's, you know, I treat it as if it's a baby, right? It's a child It needs, it's my job to make sure it's getting all of the nurturing it needs, um, attention that it needs. And so, um, I think when you have those kind of conversations with people, they kind of like, oh, okay. Like, you know, this, there is a real responsibility and we're all here trying to do the same thing and, um, and listening, you know, to them. Um, So that's, that's what I've done. And I've just let it be okay. Unless something's really out of line, let it be okay. You know that, and try not to compare to, well, I know this is how it would have been had my dad been here. They would have never done that because it just goes down a path that goes nowhere. And the fact is, is that I'm here and I'm working with this team. And so how can I make a difference um, in the way that we work together?
1: That's a great advice. Wonderful advice. Um, Let's talk about life-work balance. Yeah. How do you handle that? Do you believe it exists and how do you handle it?
0: Yeah. Um, Yeah, you know, I guess to, you know, an extent I feel like it exists, Um, but, you know, there's always going to be something that's off balance, but, you know, there's times that, work takes precedence. And I've just, you know, I'm gone, I miss things, I'm traveling, Um, have important meetings. And then there's times at work sacrifices where, you know, my family, you know, needs things, my kids have events, Um, I need to be home to get dinner ready. Um, You know, and then also the personal side, you know, trying to make sure that I'm doing things for me that I want to do. You know, whether it's time with friends or doing a fitness class. So, you know, there's give and take. And I think that it's, Again, being okay with um, and not having the guilt, you know, that's probably the biggest thing for me is um, guilt when I'm not at the office, when I am taking time to, you know, do something for myself or just be at home or leave work at three o'clock because I want to get home to pick kids up and make dinner and do the mom thing. Um, And so being okay with whatever that is. And there's times, you know, of course, kids are disappointed. I've always traveled ever since I've had children. So they're used to it, but they still... Why do you have to be gone? <laughs> you know, why do you have to leave? But, you know, I also feel like it has set a really good example for them um, that, you know, you do it. You know, I do my work because I enjoy it and I'm passionate about it. And when you have that, you know, you do. You have to work and there are sacrifices that you have to make. Um, and so I feel like it's also setting a really good example um, to them so that when they get older they see it you know what it's okay to do that and you know you can't be everything to everyone all the time you know
1: that is so true and I love what you just said because you know I travel a lot and uh <laughs> every time I go away uh, to a new city I bring my kids a snow globe um each one of them gets a snow yeah. globe and uh-huh. and and I was just coming from where was I just now? Miami. Um, I just came from Miami. I I got them their um, snow globes. And I'm thinking one day when they look at those snow globes, and they have like hundreds of snow globes by now. And I'm thinking when they look at those snow globes, are they going to think about, oh, you know, mom was um, away all the time or mom would bring us a snow globe of it? Like, is it going to be a fun memory for them? You
0: know, I bet you what they'll think is... (laughs) mom thought of me every time she was gone she thought of me so coincidentally a cute story so my dad used to do something similar and it wasn't every trip but he and he actually collected clowns for me clowns clowns How and so cute. these figurines and some of them are like really exquisite expensive some are very simple um, he went to it on every single trip but he did it on quite a few and he still kind of looks for them but he would uh, pick it up and they were each unique and um, you know I think it's more of a symbol that, you know, the simple fact that he thought of me while he was gone. So probably my guess is your kids will do the same when they're older. They'll look and think of, look, at mom was doing all of this, but she was still thinking of me.
1: Yeah. I love this. And I, I love the story about the clowns. That That's very, t- <laughs> I love it. Um, let's go back to uh, to your work uh, for a second. So you were talking about uh, working with your employees and and really explaining what's at stake and, and what needs to be done, kind of sharing your side of the story to empower them. Uh, do you believe that you can motivate people or do you, when it comes to hiring, do you look for? people who are already motivated and um, um, are a good fit for a company?
0: Yeah, I mean, most definitely we try to, of course, when interviewing, it's always hard to tell. Um, you know, we have, you know, core values in our company that we have established. And so we make sure we really go through what those are in our organization. Um, you know, a big part is that it, it does have to come, you know, naturally within um you know, in an employee. So we try to find those characteristics, but then most definitely it's our job then as our the leadership team to do things, to really empower them, to make them feel good, um, to make sure that they're happy in the workplace, because when they're that, that that's when they're going to be at their peak performance. And, you know, we want their, we want them to be excited because that's where ideas come. We want them to share ideas you know, show us how we can improve, how we can change something, make it better.
1: I love what you just said, because I, so I mentioned Miami, I was in Miami for a dental meeting where I presented and I spoke a lot about core values. I spoke a lot about empowering employees. I spoke a lot about, you know, um, creating an environment where every employee can, um, contribute their ideas and, and feel safe to contribute ideas and to speak up and, and, um, You know, that's a huge part of how I believe in leading my team. Um, And one of the issues that I see in dental practices is that um, dentists often have a hard time or challenging time um, dealing with employees. And so, you know, because you have such a, because you lead such a great company um, and you um are you know in charge of so many people i was curious on your take and you mentioned your core values uh can you tell me a little bit more about your core values and how you hire people who are kind of you know espouse your your core values
0: yeah, so, I mean, we it starts, you know, first of all, we start with our core focus or what our passion is in the company, and that's creating happy and efficient dental practices. That's really what it boils down to. It's pretty simple, um, but we try to base all of our products and what we do in, in helping practices be happy and efficient. Um, our core values are, you know, pretty basic. Um, we have, obviously, customer focus is number one. Um, we have reliability creativity, find solutions. That's a big one for me is find solutions. Um, As you probably know, I mean, in in any company, it's really easy for an employee to complain about something that isn't working, what's not right, complain about someone else, a teammate. Um, And we really encourage people to come up with a solution, you know, if you can come to us. You can share. We want to hear what's going on. But what are your thoughts? How can we change that? How can that be improved? And really, what can you do? So, so many times, people in general get focused on everything else instead of what they're doing. And we try to bring it back to okay. How, how have you made this day better? How have you made a difference in somebody else's your coworker's life? How have you, you know, are you doing your best? Are you working your hardest? Um, and try to get that focus off of everything that's going wrong or what everyone else isn't doing. Because the fact of the matter is, is we each person can they can make a difference. You can communicate with your leader of what's going on. And oftentimes, you know, I tell it's funny because I think another big issue is oftentimes employees don't want they're scared to go to their leader or that their leader is going to get upset that they are bringing issues or that they're going to be seen as complaining. But I want people to. Do that because oftentimes I don't know we don't know what's going on and we're not seeing some of the interaction or day to day, so I want to hear about it. Once I know about it, then we can work together as a team to look at ways we can be better.
1: That's excellent. Uh, in in my dental practice, we have this expression: "rise above your circumstances," and and that's I, this is what I just heard you say. You said focus. On, you know, people who have a tendency on on focusing on everything else except for what they're doing and how they're impacting the environment around them. You know, sometimes having those conversations with employees is very difficult. How do you handle those conversations? How do you um, bring someone back to, like, hey, you know, let, you know, thank you for, for bringing this up to my attention, but what have you done? too.
0: Yeah, I think one of the biggest things is talking about myself, right? Mm -hmm. I'm giving them examples of how I do that. Because if I'm going to talk about that, I have to live it. And I have lived it. And I, you know, I have gotten caught, you know, gotten caught up years ago, you know, when you're new and into what other people thought about me or opinions or drama that's going on, and just finally got to a point where it's, you know, I have control over me, I know I can make a difference. I need to be happy with myself. I don't need everybody else to be happy or everybody else to always agree with my opinion or um, feedback. But as long as I'm doing what I should be doing and I feel good about it, um, that's what's going to make me happy. And ultimately, what, we all want to be happy, right? That's, you know, we want to be happy. Um, and so I think that when you, when you talk to somebody else and you tell them about some of your own experiences that, you know, hey, I've been there, you know, I've had that. Um, And, you know, here's an example. And this is how I handled it. And, you know, I really encourage you to, you know, it's tough, it takes work, but to step into that brighter light, and let's focus on the positive things and how you personally can make a difference. Um, So I think that's kind of a good road to take. And it's just real. And I think you're getting down at that same level with your team member. And it has been pretty effective for us.
1: That's excellent. How do you empower people to come to you and not fear that, um, you know, they're going to get their heads bitten off if they complain about something or they bring up a problem? Because we really want our employees to recognize problems and to take the initiative to fix problems, right? But how do you empower people to do that?
0: Well, you know, obviously, you know, first and foremost, you know, I always encourage them to see their immediate supervisor. Oftentimes, you know, that's who they're interacting with most. Um, Sometimes, although they don't feel comfortable doing that, or they may actually have an issue with their immediate supervisor. Um, You know, we hold company meetings. Um, I'm always encouraging people to speak up to, you know, I think you just have to constantly remind them, you know, sometimes we forget, we think, well, they should know, or they should be able to say something, but I think they need to be reminded that we want to hear from you. You know, you can always come up. We do have a suggestion box, which actually quite a few people use um, where they can jot something down and um, it, it kind of takes that uh, confrontational piece out of it um, for the employee. Um, but I think the big thing is just reminding them and, and hoping that they say something. I mean, Of course, oftentimes what does end up happening is they tell a colleague and then the colleague may then come forward on behalf of that person and say, oh, I was just so you know, they were saying this and, you know, so how about you? Do you have any, I mean, that's a great question. What's your advice?
1: You know, I, overall creating the environment of safety is very important, so, um, in my practice, and you know, at, at uh, our software company, we have a no fail policy. I mean, you can't, you can't fail. You know, if you if you come to me and you admit a mistake, um, you're not going to be reprimanded. That that's like that's your way out. You know, just like yes. just come forward with it, and uh, it's it's really. Encouraging to see people come forward and say, Hey, you know what? I made a mistake, but can you help me figure out how to get out of this mistake? And um, unfortunately, and here's the thing here's what I see Um, in in a lot of offices, um, the feedback is given at the time of failure, right? So something goes wrong, and that's when we give feedback. We, we say, okay, you didn't do this right. This is how I would like for you to do it. And a lot of times this feedback is not taken well. And the reason is because this is the only feedback that was ever received. So, you know, in my office or in my company, you will receive feedback frequently. There's always feedback, yeah. um, good feedback, Neutral feedback, bad feedback, and so people are used to receiving feedback. And, and when they are used to receiving feedback, not only the feedback itself is useful, but the fact that they're used used to receiving feedback. If it's negative feedback, it's it's not taken as oh, you know, she only she only tells me when when I'm doing something right. wrong, right?
0: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Right. So we um, started doing something I don't know a year ago. In our company and um, all of our leadership team does this with their immediate reports, but we do a quarterly coaching meeting. And so it's done with your immediate team members and um, some can be done here. I usually for me, I do mine off site, but once a quarter I sit down with my team member and it's their opportunity really where they get the floor. And Basically, my goal is to inquire and ask a lot of questions as far as what's working, what's not working, how can, how can I help you, how can we improve, um, and, but then that also offers a time that if there is anything underlying that I have where I can share that, we can talk about it, I can talk about um, the celebrations that I've seen things that have gone well, but it really, I think the, the employees seem to really appreciate that because I really like having that one-on-one time just dedicated to talking about what they do and their contribution in the company and, you know, what can we be doing differently and, and to feel that support. So that, that's worked really well for us.
1: I love this because we, you know, most companies and in many dental offices, what you see is you see annual performance reviews, and we don't do those. I mean, you know, an employee shouldn't have to wait for a year to get yeah. <laughs> to get the feedback. And 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 you know, with my employees, there's no question of how am I doing. You know that they know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, they know they're not gonna, you know, if, if you, if you've been here for a year, you're doing fine.
0: <laughs> right exactly
1: okay. And uh, so I love the fact that you're doing quarterly and I love, I love the fact that you're doing an offsite. A lot of times it's really, you know, just, just the fact that you're taking it outside of the office it, is, um, it kind of clears the air, you know, you don't have the, the, that routine, um, I have to ask you. So one of the things that I always talk about is that uh, dentists um, generally do not get enough business training. And, um, you know, I mean, we take like hundreds of C's, at least the most motivated dentists. They, we take like hundreds of C's a year, right? We, we learn endo, we learn um, oral surgery, cosmetic dentistry. Um, ortho, all of those things. We get very little business training. Um, what about in the business world? Like, where do you get your training? Where, what are the resources that you use to become a better leader, a better business yeah. person?
0: So, you know, I mean, that's probably one of the biggest things that I've learned is to, you know, rely on people that are experts in the area um, that you're not. Um, so, you know, in terms of general leadership, of course, there is a ton out there. I mean, I find, you know, I read a lot of books and podcasts, um, articles, uh, where you get great ideas. Um, but then, you know, there's, we, we, we do work with a consultant in our business that helps keep us on track of what our goals are from a 10-year down to a three-year, an annual down to quarterly. Um, and for me, I just find a lot of value in working with an outside party, um, somebody that's not within our business that can challenge me to look at things a different way, word things a different way. Um, and so, you know, I think my biggest advice is to, you know, rely on experts. I mean, whether it's an accountant or, a, you know, someone from a legal side or HR, wherever you need that support. Um, and looking at what, what your biggest value is when, as a, as a business owner, you know, is it? You know, I've talked to so many people. I mean, from your side, I'm sure there's times you know they want to stay more clinically focused, and that's great. And if that's where you feel like you would bring the most value to the practice, there's so many resources that can help you with the business side. Vice versa, I've also met a lot of doctors who have really become interested on the business side and hiring an associates so that they can work have a more flexible schedule on the clinical side. Um, so, but I think you know, there's so many talented people out there. It's it's looking at you know. Where are your talents, and then finding people that can offset where you're a little bit weaker.
1: I love that. So fi- find find where you can contribute most, and yeah. then find help to kind of enhance your talent, supplement your talent, and and, yeah. and and enhance the entire offering. I love this. Um, let's talk about happy and efficient dental practices. Mm-hmm. What are you? What is a common theme that you see in happy and efficient practices? W- what do they look like?
0: Well, of course, first and foremost, communication, which we've talked about already several <laughs> times. I think obviously it starts with the team and it starts with um, that team really being on the same page with each other, um, working through things with each other. Um, but, you know, there's there's no question that the day is extremely chaotic um, for a dental practice. There is a lot going on, Um, you're trying to make a lot of pieces fit together. And then you're dealing with, you know, patients and their emotions, um, complications. Um, And so that's right, a whole other side of it of uh, making for a very stressful day. So you know, where I feel like our piece comes in is the things you do have control over, you know, which is your environment in terms of organization, you have control over that you can totally manage that make it so that it's more of a breeze. It's you're not having to put a lot of time or thought into it. Um, you know, our colors are we have sixteen colors. They're super fun, um, so they're great for patients and reducing even their anxiety. You know, the chair side setup looks cool, different, um, and so you know what you don't have control over sometimes are the outcomes or how well a procedure goes. You know, something unexpected happens or the patient's feelings. Um, so we we really want to take you know, the piece that is workable and that you can control and really help practices manage that to make their day easier and everything just to flow.
1: That sounds amazing. I love this. Um, You have, uh, you guys are uh, organizing a conference uh, um, this summer, right? So can
0: you tell me about this? Yeah. So um, both Zerk and ADEC out in Newburgh, Oregon, um, we decided to, we do a lot of work with ADEC. Um, A lot of trainings and I work with um, a couple of women um, over there in their education and marketing departments. And we just thought, you know, it would be really cool to have a conference where we could get all different types of women together that work in the industry. So it's, we've had, I've seen over the years, you know, there's conferences and meetings, but it's all for specific for doctors or hygienists or assistants or manufacturers, you know, there wasn't anything that was for everyone. Um, and so we decided to uh, hold our first conference called Be Boundless. And it is in June, June 20th through the 22nd out at Adex facility in uh, Newburgh. It's beautiful. And the idea of this conference is to really work with this group of women to, you know, help us as individuals just be happier, be better, both in our professional lives and personal lives, um, where we can learn from each other. Um, You know, there's a lot of crossover, a lot of people in dentistry, you know, may have started off doing one thing, and they're interested in getting into another part of the business. And this is a great platform where you can talk to people that do all sorts of things. And well, what is that like? Or what what does it take if I want to do that? You know, what who would I talk to? What would I need to learn? Um, you know, from the manufacturing standpoint, you know, clinical, you know, I want to know, you know, what does your day look like? What struggles do you have? You know, how can we help? What would you love to see? You know, we, we want to know more about what your day to day is. So um, and then, you know, educators just all around. So we're excited to have something. Um, we plan to do this annually. Um, and so we're going to have part, you know, part of it, we're going to have some speakers. We're going to do a panel of women that have been in the industry a long time that have done all held different roles within the industry. Uh, we're going to visit, of course, it's wine country out there. So we'll visit a, a, a winery um, that is actually another family-owned business. Um, and it's a woman that's running it. Her parents started it. She's running it. So she'll talk to us about her experience and what as a business owner and being a woman, because that is another industry where that has been very male-dominated. Um, so uh, it will be interesting to hear from another industry challenges that she's had and what she's overcome. Um, and then some health and wellness too, um, you know, to make sure that our, our um, health is staying well and things that we can do with our eating and exercise that will help us live better lives.
1: I love this. I'm so excited about this because, um, you know, I've started in dentistry as a, as a dentist and I kind of, uh, if, over time, you know, I started the software company, I'm, I'm speaking, I've started the podcast, I've helped many different roles. Um, And actually I didn't start as a dentist. I worked at the front office. I worked as a dental assistant. I was absolutely the worst dental. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I had so many different experiences in dentistry and, um, and it's, you know, it's really rewarding to look back and, and kind of, you, you know, realize that you've experienced this profession from so many different angles and you've, and I've always enjoyed, except for being a dental, I was, the worst dental assistant ever <laughs> <laughs> that was really bad but but I've really uh, you know it was a rewarding career for me from every different angle and um, and I'm excited to meet you know the women in the industry uh, no matter what roles they oc- occupy, whether they're a CEO of a you know a major uh, supply company or a um, a dental assistant yeah. I, I think it's really exciting. I love what you're doing. I want to thank you for coming on the show and sharing your story and and sharing your leadership style. Um, I hope uh, maybe we'll meet uh, at the conference soon.
0: Yes. Well, thank you, Gina. It was it was fun to talk and uh, learn more uh, about what you do. It's exciting. I mean, I think um, you know I really appreciate how what you were just saying. How many different roles that you've had. Um, I think that it just makes you so well-rounded to have so many different experiences. Um, and again, it probably has helped you really identify where your strong suit is and where your value comes in and really what is it that you enjoy doing most. And then you get to create that. Um, you know. And you, you know, are definitely a person that has been empowered to get out there and create the life that you want to have and the profession that you want to have and the interaction. So that's amazing. And I hope, you know, that's great for you to share with other people. Cause there's a lot of women that feel like they're stuck. I think, you know, they're, they're in a certain part of the profession and they think that there isn't any other opportunity. They may not be totally happy. And it just goes to show that, you know, you get to create the, the career that you That you want, and there's so many great women out here in this industry that will help you do that. So, um, thank you for all that you do, and it was such a pleasure to get to talk to you today.
1: Thank you. I love what you just said. We really do get to create our lives, and and I think that's the message that really needs to get out because that's what I hear. A lot of a lot of uh, women feel like they're stuck, and and I hope they do get the message that they get to figure out what they're good at and delegate everything else and create the lives that they want to live.
0: And that there's help and support. There's resources. There's a lot of people willing to help. So I think that's the big thing.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate your time and your advice and, and your words of wisdom. It was, it was great meeting you and uh, talking to you and um, I, You know, I'm looking forward to seeing you in real life.
0: (laughs) Yeah, sounds good. We will definitely. Well, thank you so much and have a great day.
1: You too, Nicole. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Mm
0: -hmm. Bye. Thank you for listening to Behind the Smiles. This podcast episode was brought to you by Yappy. Not only does Yappy automate the busy work, it lets you get back to focusing on what's most important, your patience. So take a complimentary demo today at yappyapp.com.